Hi, this is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And today we're again recording with David and Hattie. Our young friends who are learning about the Bible. And so we're going to continue in the book of Mark. We're going to continue finding out about Jesus. Hey, Hattie. Hi, how are you? Doing well. I'm so glad we're back to Bible study. I am too. Where's David? Oh, he's coming. Howdy. Oh, hi, David. How are you? Well, it took me a little bit to get here. There were stuff in the way, and I had to do a chore before I left the house. Sometimes that happens. Well, we're in the book of Mark. Hey, I have a question about that. Okay. Well... I was looking at the New Testament, and all the stories about Jesus are called somebody else's name. Like, they aren't Jesus 1, 2, 3, and 4, or something like that. They're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What's up with that? <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. In the New Testament, um, there are a lot of people's names used as the names of the books. Um, that happened at the end of the Old Testament, where the prophets who wrote the books, um, names were used to name the books. And part of the reason for that is that it was kind of an acknowledgement that this person was really a person of that time and had written that book and that people knew who they were. The reason I say that is because um, there were books written by people that tried to just kind of Imitate scripture. Imitate scripture? Yeah. And those are classified in various ways depending on what tradition says about their origin. And there were people who decided, okay, we know where this book came from. And we know who wrote it. And it kind of helped to, to make sure that that was an authentic record. Oh. So then who was Mark? Well, we're going to run into Mark in a couple of different places. But actually, Mark, uh, timeline-wise, we think that this was the very first written account of Jesus' time here on this earth in a sequential form from beginning of his ministry to his death and resurrection. Uh, Mark was very young. And very well might be a character that is mentioned at the end of his book that is not named. Um, he was also the nephew of Barnabas, who we will see in the book of Acts. And he went on a missionary journey with Paul. Really? Uh-huh. He went on a missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas, but... They got to a certain place, and for some reason, he turned around, and he went back to Jerusalem. And Paul wouldn't take him on another missionary journey. Now, he writes about him later, again, and states that Mark is a helper in the ministry at the later point. But there was a division between... Paul and Barnabas over Mark. So, 
That's kind of an interesting story because Mark was very, very young and probably a child when he met Jesus. You, you mean like me? Yeah. So Mark was probably very much, um, a, a younger, younger man, maybe a young teenage guy. Um, so maybe a little older than you, David, but not much. And he's telling this story as he remembered it and as the Holy Spirit led him to re write it down. And he's the very first one to write the story. Wow, that would be so cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. And Mark has a very different way of writing than some of the other gospel writers. He's very, very short. He doesn't go into a ton of detail on some of these stories. He just kind of writes the timeline down and some important things um, that he found and the Holy Spirit had him write down that was found to be important. And so sometimes he doesn't go into the detail of the other Gospels. And there's it's, it's a good one to start with because it just kind of gives you the bullet points about Jesus. Oh, okay, so it's kind of shorter. Yeah, it is kind of shorter. And it really brings everything down to its basic essence. Wow. So it's not complicated or overly, overly anything else. It's just the story. Yeah. So even though he mentions um, scripture at the very beginning of it, he, he doesn't mention a whole bunch, and he just basically says, this is why this guy appeared. This is why John the Baptist appeared. Yeah, and then he's already into the baptism of Jesus. Yep. And he doesn't even go into the birth of Jesus. No, nope, he doesn't go into the birth. He doesn't go into the genealogy. He just gets right into the ministry. Wow. Interesting. And that's true of all the writers of the Gospels. There's there's a little bit of a different viewpoint that they all bring to the same story. Because if something happened right in front of us, um, even though all three of us would see it, we would probably say the story three different ways. And the truth is probably using all of those facts rather than just one story. And so that's why there's four stories about Jesus. Okay, I understand. So it's very important to know. So that was a good question. It was very important to know who the gospel writers are and kind of their perspective of Jesus. So we're getting into the next couple of things. Um, So Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan. And the Jordan River, if you look at a map, goes down through. Some of it's populated and some of it isn't. So there was a lot of Jordan in the wilderness. And they happen to be kind of next to the wilderness um, at this particular time. So everybody had to go out to see John the Baptist. And so... That kind of sets us up for this next little bit. Verse 12 in Mark 1. 
The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Wow, that's pretty confusing. Yeah, like why would the Spirit drive him out into the wilderness? What is that about? Well, Jesus had a couple of things that are required in being in the Messiah. And one of them was that he was to fulfill all of the law and the prophets. And if you read back through, there were various times, various people spent time in the wilderness. So wilderness was a really important part of the Old Testament story. And many times people were tempted in the wilderness. The scapegoat from the sacrifices of the Old Testament. A scapegoat? Yeah, we'll get into that later. But anyway, he was the one that the person would would confess their sins with their hands on top of the scapegoat. And the scapegoat was sent out into the wilderness. And um, it was pretty much assumed that the scapegoat was going to die in the wilderness. Um, and so this is, this is kind of a way of Jesus conquering that time. Israel had spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness on their way from Egypt to actually becoming a country. So there's a lot of time in the wilderness. And this gospel doesn't go into a whole lot of of detail here but the devil tempts Jesus three times Jesus answers him with scripture three times and you notice that there's two groups that were with him uh, during this time so let's let's read it again So the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. Now, wait a minute. Who's Satan? He's the devil. Oh. Which this particular name means the enemy or the accuser. Oh, so this was kind of a clash of the clash of good and evil, like literally. Very much so. Right out there in the wilderness. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. The angels? Yeah. So, there are spiritual beings called angels um, that didn't rebel. Satan was actually originally an angel, and he rebelled from God. He was proud, and he thought he could do a better job. And he was cast out of heaven because of that. Because he kept working against God. And he works against God on this earth. One day when Jesus comes back, he's going to be conquered. But we'll get into that. But Jesus himself personally shows that he cannot be, he can be tempted as a human, but he does not fall to temptation because he is the Messiah here. And the temptations, because Mark doesn't go into them, we'll wait until we get into another gospel to go into them were temptations that had happened before. So Israel had faced everything that Jesus was 
was facing here. Yeah. And so these were very, very possible temptations for that were aimed at Jesus, but they were also historical temptations because temptations are, there's really nothing new under the sun there. Um, and the angels could have been two different groups of people. They could have been those ministering spirits who like Gabriel and Michael and others mentioned in scripture that were, that didn't rebel, that were God's ministering people there i've also seen in some contexts that john the baptist came from a group called the essenes and the essenes considered themselves the messengers of god and what angel means angelion means is messenger and so he may have been ministered to by the essenes that were out in the desert as well wow that had to be intense 40 days yeah, that had to be pretty intense. It was pretty intense. Um, but notice that Jesus was baptized, and then he goes out into the desert, and, and notice what happens next. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and believe in the gospel. Wait a second. This is also pretty condensed. Like, what? John's arrested? Yeah. Again, Mark doesn't go into those details. But John the Baptist was arrested by Herod, who was the controlling governor of the area at the time. And Jesus who has been baptized, who's gone through the trials in the wilderness, goes back to his hometown. Now, Galilee was on the other side, farther north, um, much farther north. And he starts proclaiming the good news of God. And it's interesting what he's saying. The time is fulfilled... And the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, the kingdom of God is close. Wait. Jesus didn't, like, start a kingdom. There's, like, no castle over there. Um, what are we talking about here? So, Jesus is starting a heavenly kingdom. And you're right. There is no castle here. The Bible tells us there will be a new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven. That part is not ready yet because he chose to make us ready for the new Jerusalem before the new Jerusalem was ready to be in place. Oh, so it's coming. Yes. But what's the most important part of a kingdom? The king? Yes. So who was close to them? The king? <laughs> yes. Jesus the king was right there. Wow! And they'd been told that there was going to be an anointed one who was going to be a son of David who was going to be the, the Messiah and the king and the priest that would live forever and ever. 
Wow. So Jesus is telling them who he is here. And he continues with repent. That was what John the Baptist was telling people. Yes. But Jesus changes the end of that. Repent and believe in the good news and the gospel. So Jesus was telling them to believe that the kingdom of God had come and that he was their Messiah. Yes. And that God really was right there with them. Even though the Roman government was still there, even though everything wasn't fixed yet, that God was starting his kingdom in, his, in the hearts of his people. He's still working on that. Yes, he is. He is still working on that. And we have to be very grateful for that, even though it, it has to be very hard for every generation that comes before that hopes he's just going to be done and come the second time and the new Jerusalem is going to be here and everything is going to be all set right again. Because we wouldn't have a chance to receive Jesus ourselves if we were never born. So Jesus is being very patient and he's, there's a lot of things that have to happen before he chooses to come back. But one of them is that his kingdom, everybody that is supposed to be in his kingdom is born and is part of his kingdom. Wow. God is pretty patient and has a long term plan. He does. And only a God who has, who, who is eternal could put a, could, could put together a plan like that. You're right, because that spans much farther than a human being's lifetime could ever span. So, good observations. Shall we pray? Why don't you pray today? That's a lot. Okay. Jesus, thank you for coming to the earth and being at hand. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to us so that you are still at hand and that the good news is the same. The kingdom of God is at hand. And that this time is a time of the fulfillment of the Messiah building the kingdom. And one day you're going to come back and claim your kingdom. May we share your kingdom and may we listen to you and let you minister to us as we as we go through our hard times, as we get through the hard things, you've been through the wilderness. You know what that's like. You know what it's like when the enemy says things that aren't true. And we need to know truly who God is. Thank you for guiding us through those times and for giving us your word for those times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm sure glad Jesus came to help us figure all this out. So am I. Because we couldn't do it without Jesus, could we? Nope. Not at all. This is Trey Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. I hope you enjoyed the section here with David and Hattie and just the honest questions. If you have an honest question um, about the Gospels, please leave it um, either 
in an email to trainbygrace2 at gmail.com or in the comments at the end of this podcast. There's a way to respond. God loves you. He's at hand. Remember, proclaim his excellencies and you are one of his excellencies. This is Train by Grace 2, and if you're listening to this podcast, I wanted to say thank you. And there are various things you can do as a next step. Number one, if you need to know more about Jesus being your Savior and Lord, please get a hold of me via email at trainedbygrace2, all one word, trainedbygrace, trained, T-R-A-I-N-E-D, by grace2, at gmail.com. And put in the subject line podcast um, for all of these options. So if you need to know more about Jesus, please get a hold of me. Or someone you know who knows Christ. Um, If you would like to be part of this podcast proclaiming his excellencies, you can put subject line podcast. Would like to be part of proclaiming God's excellencies. If you would like to have a resource, have a Bible sent to you, please put that in the email. If you have a prayer request, put that in the email. So thank you for getting in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And may you be blessed um, and know Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And remember, you are one of God's excellencies.